Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Good morning, everybody. I'm Roger, one of the pastors at Inspire Church, and I am super excited because I get to sit down with uh, somebody that I consider to be one of the best people in the world, and that is Phil, our lead pastor. Wow, bro. That's uh, that's high praise right there. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Inspire Church. Love y'all. Everyone watching in today, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm excited to be here, too, with Again, the one and only, my co-labor, <laughs> co-pastor, co-worker, uh, co-whatever. Co That's what you are. Anyway. I'm the co-whatever. <laughs> Good to be here with you, bro. I love you, man. Love you, too. This is awesome. Um, and listen, during this series, we're actually doing something really new that I'm super excited about. Uh, we're doing something called book clubs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is so cool because we have book clubs that are beginning or actually they've already began. Right. right. Um, and we have them popping up. Everywhere. Everywhere. We got book yeah. clubs everywhere. I'm so excited, uh, Inspire Church, because it's not just local, it's national, it's global. Uh, seriously, I, I want to just shout out the book clubs that are kind of engaging with us today. Um, man, we are just so excited about what God is doing through these book clubs, bro. We got yeah. 23 book clubs at Inspire. Yes. We got over 130 people connecting with us weekly Come in on, our book go. clubs, let's right? Go. But that's not it. We got book clubs in Maryland, bro. Yes. Shout out to our Maryland family. What up, Maryland? Jazz, Bernard, the whole Maryland family. I got my family in Atlanta tuning in. Douglas, yes. Mama Althea. I love you guys. LA, Val, what's up? Sacramento, Saini, I see you. Yes. Uh, we got people in De Epe, no, Mexico, bro. <laughs> yes. Let's my go. Goodness. Mexico, that's your beat, Con- Connected all over the place. <laughs> Orale, como esta, Mexico? <laughs> Uh, Love it. La raza. Anyways. Yeah, we, I mean, this is exciting. And, right. and, they're, and you know, this is going to be something that we're going to be doing for eight weeks. Right. Um, and it, the book that we're reading yeah. uh, is really cool. It's called Emotionally Healthy Church, right? Why don't you show them what that yeah, is? Yeah, right here. Emotionally Healthy Church. And uh, this is going to be great. Super excited about it. Um, I'm also excited because we have started bum, ba, da, bum, uh, Junior <laughs> High and High School Connects. Yes, we see you high schoolers, yes. junior hires. We're going to be talking to you during this series, so don't fall asleep on us. We love you guys so much, but we're super excited to have the Junior Hires Connect. In fact, if you have a high schooler or a junior hire and you're looking to get them connected during this time, we do it virtually on Zoom. Let us know. Uh, Hit us up on inspirechurches at gmail.com. I actually want to shout out, if you're watching somewhere right now from out of state, out of city, maybe you're out of country. I know we have some people from Saudi Arabia tuning in. Yeah, Uh, We'd love to get to know you. Send us an email. Let us know. Uh, we're on YouTube now. Uh, we right. are all over the place. We're going international, bro. Yes. But uh, we love you. We love the body of Christ. Um, and I'm just so thankful. So email us at inspirechurches at gmail.com. Let us know you're watching. We'd love to get a hold of you, tell you we love you, pray with you, uh, and all of that. But yeah, high school or junior hires, so glad to have you on board with us. Yeah, this is super cool. Um, so... Obviously, things look a little bit different, uh, right? <laughs> our our setting looks a little bit different. There you go. Did you got make it? it. Did, did you make it? I yes. did. Hopefully, they got that. Hopefully, you guys got did that. Did y'all get that? Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> if not, it didn't count. I didn't see it. Um, so, uh, but listen, we're, we're in a different place. Where, where are we at? Where are we yeah, at? Yeah, we, we're in a garage. Right. And uh, and so you might be laughing like, what the heck are we doing? I got a story. Actually, I got a story and I got a prop. So mm. I'm, I'm going to break out. I think I got to clear. I got to clear okay. the settings for a little okay. bit here. Make some room. And I got I to gotta break out. <laughs> yes. Y'all look at that Robot Commander 2. In fact, it still has the price tag on it, 24 493 y'all. Right. And if you're looking at this robot and thinking, man, that robot looks pretty old, you're absolutely right. This robot was probably built in like 1981. But there's a story behind that it. Is so awesome. my mom and dad, love you guys, shout out to them. So I got a phone call from mom and pops. All shout right. out to mom and pops. Yes, mom and daddy. uh and my <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. And so uh my mom <laughs> called me, she says, We got a robot for, for P3. For those of you who don't know, P3 is my son. I affectionately call him P3. My dad's a Philip. I'm Philip. Yep. He's a Philip. Y'all get there the story. You go. But they're like, yeah, we got a robot toy for P3. Why don't you come and pick it up? But I was like, yo, P3, he would love to play with a robot toy, right? Yeah, so, for sure. And so I get to the house, and I'm like, what? 
What in the world is this thing? And so not only do we have a box from like the 80s, but a, a robot that's like for the, and I'm laughing because here's the funny part of the story. That is awesome. My dad was supposed to give this to me when I was like seven. <laughs> that is, that just, <laughs> but he didn't, he never gave it to me. And my dad, if you my, know your dad, that actually makes sense. No, right. If you know Papa <laughs> Phil, in fact, my dad's the choice for like hiding <laughs> presents for people so well that he doesn't give it on Christmas and then uh. he ends up repacked. Anyways. So, so I, I'm laughing because this is a total blast from my past. And I'm great. like, what is Philip going to do with this? So I take this home to my son. He's looking at it like, what is this? And so I put batteries in it to see if it would work. Okay. And, uh, does it? Dude, yes. What? What's Bro. Dude, what is he talking about? Anyway, he, apparently he calls, I forget what he calls himself. He calls himself, shoot, um, his name is Zadok. We should, um, we should, uh. Have you have you looked to see like I wonder if there's like a price for that like yeah twenty four ninety five it's probably no I, I bet it, I bet there's a value on that so my I'm, well I'm sure there is so yeah. my son's looking at this like what in the world <laughs> is going on but actually he actually plays with it now so he kind of works around it and pretends like it's this giant coming to destroy the city and yeah we actually we actually make it work but anyway funny story is we're in the garage today. And here's the crazy thing about a garage, right? A garage is kind of the place where we store stuff. A garage is like a place where we hoard stuff. We hide stuff in the garage. The garage is like that spot where like, how do I put it? Like maybe some things that you don't want to throw, like maybe you should have threw away, but mm. you didn't throw away. Yeah, that's my you garage. Kind of, <laughs> that's, that's definitely yeah, my garage. Like, what you, yeah, right. So, so like, you're not quite sure what to do with it. Like, so you just kind of right. put it to the just side, there. right? And yeah. then it kind of just stays there forever. But like really the garage is kind of that space where it's that place where uh, we hide, we hoard, we, we store it. But here's the cool thing about the garage too. In the garage, we, you know, for a lot of people, like in my garage, in my dad's house, we have a Model A, right? So mm. um, it's just an old car yeah. from the 20s, bro. It's really amazing. That's, I should have showed cool. a picture. But um, in the garage, he worked on the car. So the garage is a place where we work on stuff. It's right. like a shop. We, we restore stuff in the garage. Yeah. And really, that's what this journey is about for us. Um, in the next several weeks um, as we go through this book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality it, it's really a journey about kind of looking into those places and spaces in your life um, that are hidden uh, that are pressed down um, places that aren't thrown away but maybe um, they've been put away and and not just bringing them up but, but working on them um, and allowing the whole inviting the Holy Spirit to do a work in those places and spaces where things are hidden and hoarded and put away. And so um, that's that's kind of why we're in the garage. I'm actually super pumped about this. Yeah. Um, because of the place that this book, I feel that God's going to use this book to kind of bring individuals, but also right. bring our church. Right. Um, in fact, you know, maybe give a little sneak peek about some of the stuff we're going to journey through over the next few weeks. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to take a a seven week journey and we're going to break in between that journey, and we'll talk about that. But we're gonna take so today we're gonna we're gonna look beneath the surface. Uh, we're gonna go through chapter by chapter. And it's really cool. Is if you're in a book club, uh, you're gonna be reading the book along with us. You're gonna read the chapter actually before the Sunday that we actually engage on it. And so mm. chapter one is a look beneath the surface. Uh, next Sunday we're gonna get into um, actually that's chapter five. Next Sunday is gonna be chapter six, uh, which is breaking the power of the past. Mm. Now that is gonna be a really powerful, and we got another surprise yeah. location for that. Um, yeah. That's going to be amazing. I know. I can't uh, wait for that. Right, right. The following Sunday, we're going to go through the principle of living in brokenness and vulnerability. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about receiving the gift of limits. We're going to talk about embracing grieving and loss. In fact, I feel like you're going to, you've dealt with a lot of loss in your life. So I'm looking forward to that. I know you got a lot to share with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's going to be that. a real deep chapter. It's a little scary. Right. Um, but it's going to be a real deep chapter. And we're going to get into make incarnational your mo incarnation, your model for loving well. You may not even understand what the heck that is. That's okay. <laughs> we'll break that down for you. And then finally, we are gonna, we're going to finish with slow down to lead with integrity. And mm. my wife and I, shout out to my beautiful girl, Jamila. Love you, babe. Um, we're going to sit down and really have a real candid conversation about our marriage 
about slowing down, speeding up, about the ministry, about our career and our work and how it has affected us. And and so it's going to be a really deep, real honest conversation, kind of like a red table, you know, Will yeah, and Jada type of deal. And uh, anyways, I'm really looking forward to finishing off the series right. um, with that. But I'm super excited about it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to dig in. Let's and, do it. And, you know. As you're listing off the, those principles, you know, looking beneath the surface, uh, breaking the power of the past, um, you know, uh, embracing grieving and loss. When when I hear those, those sound amazing um, as principles. Right. But it seems like, um, you know, that that's not necessarily something that as a church gets right. talked about when it comes to maybe within the life of a church or, right. or the life of a believer. And, and so, you know, I, because as you're, as you were listing those, I was thinking, I don't know if I've ever heard sermons growing up. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about you, but, but yeah. growing up in church, I don't know if I've ever heard sermons on some of these topics right. that, that you just listed. Right. Right. Um, and so it seems like maybe there's something missing, right? Yeah. yeah that's good. And uh, I don't know. I think, no, you know, we can no, totally. I, I agree with that. I think, and one thing you were saying, like we don't see sermons dedicated to it. And if a sermon does touch it, it's really briefly, mm. and um, and really not enough to really impact the life of the believer. And right, so, right. man, I really agree. Grieving of the loss, uh, looking, breaking the power of the past. Uh, um, a lot of times, I, I really, we really don't go there, and and so really kind of to set us up for the journey we're about to take. Um, I do want to say this. I love what Pete Scazzaro says in his book. And, mm. and here's the setup. Um, he says this. Unfortunately, many people in our churches are supposedly spiritually mature, but remain infants, mm. children, or teenagers emotionally. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what we're really talking about is a missing element of our discipleship as a church. We're talking about discipling our emotions. Mm. And as a result, Pete Scazzaro tells us we have people who are spiritually mature, right. uh, uh, but emotionally uh, uh, teenagers, children, or even infants. And, and that's a really hard reality to swallow. And, 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 and Pastor Roger, and for those of you that are watching, here I think is the scariest part. Here's the most like damning part to the church. Um, this emotional immaturity is not just indicative of the church's members, but it's also indicative of the church's leadership. Mm. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's and, good. And, 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 and if you're watching right now, if you're listening right now and you're a leader, I want to address you. But not just for leaders. If you're watching right now, this is so important. In fact, this is my heart. If you're watching right now, and you're listening, and you've left the church hurt. Mm. You've been wounded by the church. And maybe you've not only walked away from the church, but you've walked away from Jesus. Or maybe you're in the church, but you were used mm. at your previous church, or maybe the church you're at now, you were abused. You, maybe you, were, you, didn't, you went unrecognized, and so therefore you're afraid to get back in, right? And, and I really wanna speak to you because I really think that a lot of church pain, a lot of church hurt, not all of it, but a lot of it can be attributed to spiritual giants, watch this, spiritual giants who are also emotional infants. Mm. And let me explain that. There are leaders, and so leaders, if you're listening, there are leaders in our churches today. And, and, and I, 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 I'm learning myself as a pastor and a leader. And, and, and we have wounded people. We have hurt people. People have, like I said, they've walked away from the church. They've even walked away from Christ, Pastor Roger. Uh, uh, and, and these leaders, check it out. They're gifted. They can pray. They can yeah. preach. They can, they can prophesy. But, but they're rude. Mm. Uh, they're critical. They're stubborn. They're defensive. They're manipulative. They're territorial, yeah, right? And yeah. so they have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They have the gifts of the Spirit. And they've been elevated because they're gifted. Mm. But the fruit of the Spirit, they're not kind. Yeah. They're not gentle. And what has happened is I think a lot of people get hurt or even abused, spiritually abused in the church because of this. Somebody in their lives that they elevated as a spiritual mentor, mm. uh, uh, somebody in their lives that they saw as a leader, as someone who was supposed to be a spiritual director in their lives, uh, 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 
uh, d- demonstrated uh, uh, emotional immaturity. Mm. And as a result, that toxicity has wounded you. And, and, and because a leader hurts you, uh, uh, you've walked away from the church. And so this this book is really powerful, Roger, because especially for some of you that are reading it, you might read it and say, well, this looks kind of feels like I'm reading it and it kind of feels like it's speaking to pastors sometimes and right, leaders. Right, right, right. Um, this book is really powerful because you can apply it anywhere, but it is speaking to pastors and leaders because in the place where we're supposed to be kind of safe, um, the church actually has hurt a lot of people. And, right. uh, and I know I've hurt people. And so this goes for all of us. And so anyway, man, I know that was a lot, bro, but, um, but I, it's just a really, really powerful. No, thing. that was very powerful. And I think for everyone that's a leader, and I think in many ways, um, you know, the, the, the saying everyone's a leader right. in some sphere right. and in right. some, and in some category, but, but I think something that, that, that we're hitting on here is sort of that emotional underdevelopment mm. of discipleship, yeah. you know, that, that, that we, that we tend to, to to get to kind of gets lost. Um, and like you said, this is a powerful book. Um, but, um, you know, the reality is, is, is that where this book, where the concept of this book comes from, right. right, Definitely stems from biblical and theological concepts. Right. right, right? right. So this isn't because as you're going through some of those, some of those titles, it can sound maybe a little self-help little new age. Like, is this just (laughs) another self-help, you know, three steps to this and five steps to that, you know, and, and, but there is theological framework to, to what, uh, uh, the author of this book is is challenging us to, right. to do and to think, right? right? So here's what I want to do. I want to answer that question, that theological framework. But before yeah. we go there, I think I really, I really want to get into how did we get here, right? Mm. Like, I think people, you know, leaders, members of the church, right? We're expected to be mature, right? We say we're spiritually mature, right? But how how can it be somebody who prays? somebody who is a leader, someone who's supposed to be spending time with the Lord, how is it that they can miss this? Right. And how is it that we can miss emotional immaturity? And so I guess the question for everybody watching that I want to post out there and for every and for Ro- Pastor Roger, you is, I want you to think about right now, how were you discipled? Mm. And when we say disciple, that could be like kind of a Christian word, right? right, right what I mean right. by discipled is that somebody is you know, somebody is growing, learning, training, disciplining themselves to 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 look more like Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The goal of discipleship is to be formed or fashioned in the image of Christ. So if you're watching right now, I want you to take a couple of seconds just to think about how are you disciples? You know, Pastor, like Roger, really quickly, if you can right. think of your discipleship, the areas that you were disciple, maybe a, one or two or three yeah. things, like how are you disciples? Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, and again, uh, I, I loved the people that that discipled me in my in my life. Right, right. A- and I would definitely say this that I was discipled, uh, you know, with uh, spiritual disciplines. So to to pray, to yeah. read your word, right. um, you know, discipleship right. came in uh, how to pray for somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> even even how to form sermons and how right. to preach and right. and, uh, and so I you know and and those were some great times. But I, but I would definitely say that that was sort of the 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 focus of the discipleship yeah you know right absolutely and and right. you know and you're totally right and I think for those that are listening you know um, they're they're gonna resonate with what you're saying and with what we're saying and so how do we get to a place where somebody could be considered spiritually mature but emotional infancy and the reality mm-hmm. is is because we missed discipling them in this area right. and actually I'm gonna I'm gonna use Inspire Church as an example so that people can kind of understand like if you come to Inspire Church like our goal is to make gospel-centered disciples gospel-centered right. disciple makers we don't want you just to be a disciple but we don't want you to be a disciple maker and so we we ask that question well how do we make somebody a disciple what is a disciple and for those of you that attend Inspire this is gonna be familiar so we disciple people socially right and so we ask them to join a connect right or, or a small group or mm-hmm. a book club and we ask them to develop relationships right and so right. we're de- discipling them socially we're we're telling them to engage with one another develop friendships in Christ so we disciple socially we disciple intellectually and you, you talked about that right, right. we're we're in an, I like to think that we're an intellectual church and what I mean by that is uh, uh, we don't just tell people to read the word we tell them to study the word I, right. I like to think that you and I are expositors of the 
word. We exegete the text on Sunday. We don't just preach. We teach. We have theology and coffee. We right, get right. into right. We get into the doctrines of Scripture, and so we disciple people socially. We disciple them intellectually. We even disciple them financially, right? I mean, we right, do. We right. ask people yeah. to give generously, give regularly, whether that's a tithe or or however you feel the Lord leading you to give regularly. And so we disciple financially. We certainly disciple uh, spiritually. I think you mentioned that, right? right. What does that mean? Uh, 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 prayer, right? The practicing presence, right? right. Uh, 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 allowing the presence of, of Christ and the presence of God, the Holy Spirit in your prayer time. Meditation. And I don't mean some weird thing. I just mean meditating on the scriptures, right? Worship is a form of spiritual discipleship. These are things that are pointing upward to God. And so we, we disciple, and again, I know I'm going through this, but there's a point. We disciple socially. Yeah. We disciple spiritually, intellectually. We disciple financially. Check this out. We even disciple physically, mm. right? I mean, I mean, we talk about sexual as abstaining, holiness right, right, in your right. sexuality, yeah. abstaining from sex outside of marriage, right? Physically, we disciple people. Um, we, we tell people about resting, right? Sabbath, right? That is a way of, of of letting God know that He's in control, and you've been able to put down control. And so, there's a physical discipleship taking place there. We talk about sobriety, right? We talk mm. about not being drunk with right. wine, right? And so, yeah. uh, so there is this kind of physical aspect, gluttony, even right, right. overeating. Yeah. Like I don't think we talk about that enough in right. church, right? But but there is, you know, as, so so we disciple in all these ways, and 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 we create programs to do it, Pastor Roger. Yeah. But um. But if you look at that, those programs, uh, we fail to disciple emotionally. Mm. We fail to disciple emotionally. And right. so, so here's what happens. Are you ready? Yeah. We love Jesus, but we suppress our anger. Mm. Uh, we love Jesus, but we're sad and we're right. hurt. We love Jesus, but we whine, complain, right? We 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 give each other the the silent treatment, right? Yeah, I'm sure right. there are members right now at church. They're members, they're lovers of Jesus, but but they don't talk to yes, each other because right. they hurt each other, right, right? right? We need we're emotional infants. Come on, can I get an amen? Yeah. Somebody out there, be the real amen. today, right? They, yeah. uh, we love Jesus, but we're passive aggressive. We use sarcasm, right? We love Jesus, but we don't know how to confront right. in a healthy way. Yeah. And so yeah. what we see That's is. True. Bro, we'll, we disciple in all these ways, but when it comes to discipling the emotions, we've convinced ourselves that it's more spiritual to suppress your emotions, mm. to push your feelings away mm -hmm. uh, um, than it is to actually live in them and deal mm. with them. I want to let you respond to that because yeah. I'm saying a lot. Um, yeah, I, and as I'm thinking about what you're saying, uh, bro, this seems like something that has been in the church... Uh, in a church for a long time, like like the the church, it feels like that that the church has discipled in this way, where it, we talk about fasting and prayer and reading your scripture and getting into a small group. But but you're right, D this idea of discipling your emotions, mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm just uh, you know, it, it brings up this curiosity of mm -hmm. how did the church get here? How did you know? How how did all how is it that all of these sort of what we we might we might consider sort of spiritual values, right? right? right. Um, which are important. Right. They're, they're, they're important. Um, but how how is it that the emotional discipleship sort of got left behind, or maybe right. was never even right. how, picked up? I, you know. Yeah. What I mean? And that's a great question. And I think this gets back to one of the things I think you were really pointing in on was the theological framework for all of this, mm. right? And so. You know, some people might, you said it, some people are like, oh, this is a little hooky. Like, where in the Bible that, you know, you're not using the Bible. I haven't seen you guys open up the Bible yet. You know what I mean? Right, and so right. a little new agey or what, you know, what do you mean by discipling the emotions? Like, where is that in scripture? Or, you know, what's the theological framework for that? And, and so I guess we could kind of take a little quick journey mm. um, and just talk about how I, how the roots of the neglect of our emotions and, and how theologically it's actually inappropriate to do that. And mm -hmm. so um, you're a philosopher. <laughs> you're a theologian. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. And, no, and so I, I no. think most, you know, uh, there are people watching that may or may not have heard of Plato, right? right so right. Plato is a Greek philosopher. And, and, 
And for Plato uh, uh, and those who adhere to his philosophy, right, it all revolved around this idea that the material world, right, mm. the, the physical realm is something that we need to be freed from, right? right? Like the physical realm is the lower realm, mm -hmm. and then the invisible spiritual kind of thought realm, that's actually the real place. And so right. what Plato will tell you is that what you see and feel and, and do is actually a shadow, and, 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 and the kind of the real or the higher place is the invisible place where, where thoughts and ideas exist. And, and so you see Plato kind of in Greek philosophy kind of formulating that. And right. then you see that kind of, well, it's always entered the church, right? Mm. But it, it, uh, many of you might have heard of this, but it, it was a heresy called Gnosticism. Right. And Gnosticism, along with legalism, right, was threatening the early church. It was threatening, it was creeping into the early church. And so the apostles, the apostle Paul and Peter uh, had to deal, John uh, had to deal with this heresy of Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is kind of, feels like it took a little bit from Plato. And what, what was Gnosticism? Gnosticism was this, this theological framework that said the physical world is evil. Right. In fact, um, Gnostics would look at the God of the Old Testament and say that he created the physical world and that he was evil and that everything right. physical right, it, it is to be thrown away with, is evil, and that mm. the spiritual realm, right, the divine knowledge, uh, the spiritual realm is divine. Uh, right. th that's where purity is. That's where righteousness is, and that all of this physical stuff will be faded away, thrown away, uh, uh, and, and what will remain are, 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 is, are the spiritual things. Mm. And, and, and again, this Gnosticism crept into the church, and, and, and it actually crept into the way that we see Jesus. Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And we know this. Every cult, right. every heresy always wants to pick apart at Christ. Right, right. Wants to make him a little lower mm -hmm. than who he truly is. I mean, that's what Satan wants to For do, sure. right? Yeah. And, and so so what we have is actually a, a, a docetism that comes into play. And again, I'm just kind of Plato, Gnosticism, and then docetism, which mm -hmm. looks at Jesus and says, there is no way that he would take on humanity. Right. There was no way that he would take on flesh and blood. And so it just looked like he was. It was like kind of an illusion. Yeah. Uh, because the divine nature, right, according to Gnostics, would never mix or would never, and I don't even say mix, but the divine nature, and, and it could never coexist with, with the human nature, right, or with, or with the real, material realm. And so in order to maintain Jesus' divinity, they actually, they actually say he wasn't, it was just an illusion that he mm. wasn't physical at all. Um, and, 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 and this heresy we see creeping into the church. Now, I said a lot there. Um, and, and, and here's what I want to say is modern day Christians, we reject that, right? I mean, right. we reject that, right? Right. Categorically. Yeah, sure. I think everyone listening knows that God yeah. was fully man. Jesus was mm -hmm. fully man and he was fully God, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, uh, and so I think theologically, everyone watching Orthodox Christians would all categorically reject all of those ideas theologically. But now I'm going to answer your question. Practically, we reflect that in our discipleship. Mm. And so even mm. though we reject it theologically, right. practically we reflect that in our discipleship. And what do I mean by that is, is look at our discipleship. What did we do? We elevated all the spiritual things, worship and all these other things, reading your Bible, intellectual, all of the thoughts and ideas in the spirit realm. But we ignore, suppress, deny our emotions, the very things, right? Emotion, mm. the very things that, 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 characterizes our humanity. I know, again, right. I'm saying a lot, but I want to give you a time, to, a little time to respond to that or, or just kind of what your thoughts are to that. But I think it's a really important facet to this conversation. Yeah, I, I think so, you know, what's being said here is that when you look at church history, right. it seems as though these various philosophical worldviews right. sort of intermixed with with theological concepts. Right. And so what ended up happening is over time, the church mm. began to put spiritual realities as more valuable right. than physical realities. Right. Agree. Is, is right. that what's happening? Right. Right. And then, so because of that, now um, we have had, you know, maybe even centuries <laughs> of, of 
church, you know, Sunday morning services or church life where everything was 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 focused on and and, and the and, and spiritual life was emphasized and right. valued right. and one's physical life or even right. with mental right. emotional we can right. get like mental health right. but emotion all of that's that that's really good have, mental health is a big ha, one right, right right has now been sort of uh, like you said neglected mm-hmm. but what what Pete is saying in this book and yes. what you're saying right. is well what Pete actually, is what Pete is saying right, absolutely right. right well well actually when you look at scripture mm-hmm. what scripture says is no no that's wrong right. to put the spiritual over mm. the physical yeah. that that there's a that there has to be a healthy balance right. and and that's what the gospel right. demonstrates right and if people are watching say well what what's what is the you know what what's the proof of that it, it, it's simply this that uh, uh, Jesus God is going to renew all things, right? He's mm. going to, he created creation. And what did he say in Genesis? He said it was what? Good. It was good. He didn't say yeah. it was bad. Right. He didn't say it was evil. Yeah. And so sin came in and, and we contaminated. Yeah, that's good. He right. called the physical reality good. good. He said it was yeah. good. So is he a liar? Absolutely right. not. So right. of course the Gnostics will say, well, that was a different God, which right. again, that's a whole right. other right. problem in itself. But yeah. but then you see Jesus die. He resurrected, but, and here's the key, he resurrected bodily right. because yes. Gnostics or, or people would say well he resurrected spiritually no he showed right. himself resurrected he showed his scars he ate food right. and, and and so we're going to resurrect not just spiritually but we're going right. to resurrect bodily so there's and this he, yeah. and he remains bodily he, rema- he, he, yeah. he remains fully That's God so and fully human right. to this day to this day right and so What's beautiful about Christianity and what we need to protect, just as much as we protect the divinity of Christ, we need to protect the humanity of Christ because uh, this is the beauty of Christianity in that uh, things are made new, things are redeemed, and that we will one day enter into eternity, uh, not just spiritually, but bodily. And so the physical realm is not to be rejected or denied, but to be, watch this, redeemed, redeemed and made new. Yeah, and that's the hope that we have. That's Paul right. calls it the hope. Our glorious bodies, our right. our hope. And, and in fact, doesn't he say somewhere? Doesn't Pete say somewhere that he talks about how if you only focus on spirituality and not on physicality, like right. your, your like your right. mental health and emotion, that that then then you're actually not in reality. Right. He says something. No, that no, effect, yeah. Right? yeah. In fact, in fact, I, I've got the quote for you right here. I'm glad you brought up in the cry of the soul, and he actually mentions uh, other authors. So mm. so we have Allender and Longman uh, uh, in the cry of the soul. This is this is what they said, and this is really powerful. Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Mm. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. Now watch this. And reality is where we meet God. Mm. And a few lines later, they say emotions is the language of the soul. And so to deny our reality, right? To deny our emotions is to deny reality. And to deny reality is that's the place where we meet God. God wants to meet us in that space. And so um, I I just thought that was, again, another powerful quote there. Well, listen, time's going on. We need to get into this thing. And I I do want to just put a little caveat here about really quick. And we're not talking about being emotional in the sense of emotionalism right? right i think right, right. you and i That's really good. knowing knowing our, our past we've all i think we've both seen churches where mm. it was entirely so based on emotion very good point and so you would go in and you'd cry until your eyelashes fell off you'd run around <laughs> the church until you broke a shoe right but you'd be back in the tr- in the parking lot cussing just right? a watermelon right 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 but then but then on the other side of the, uh, of the pendulum and i think we've also both seen this right. where you've had other churches who it was all sort of, of uh, you know, uh, sort of high level theology right, and, right, and, and dogma right, and doctrine, right, right. and there wasn't any emotion at all. So good. And actually, so so there's a balance here where this is trying to connect both. It's so it, it's connecting head and heart. So, so right? I I love that the pendulum is not swinging yeah. one or the other. And a lot of times, you know, I I forget who I heard say this, so it's not me somebody else but I can't footnote it maybe I shouldn't say but he called them dumb dichotomies Mm. and a dumb dichotomy is to say it's this or it's that you know you know we're the we're the prayer ministry and we're you know we're the bible study ministry or you know we're the you know what I mean and it's like no that's a it's what it's both end yeah right why do you have to divorce one to prove your point to be the other and so I love how you did that it's head 
and its heart, right? And if we want right. to be Trinity about it, it's head, heart, and hands. Yeah. And, um, and, and so, yeah, so, man, I yeah, really... I remember at Bethany University, we go to the basketball games, and if we were if we were against the re, uh, a reformed school, uh, we, <laughs> the, each crowd would make fun of each other. And so no, the reform, you didn't. You yeah. would literally, by your theology in basketball right, right. games? So the reformists would start acting all crazy because they're like, this is our imitation of Pentecostals. And we would start acting <laughs> is, like we're dead. That really... We just acted like we were just dead and frozen. You know what I mean? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. is the funniest thing I've ever right, heard. But that's an example of oh sort of the, the swinging pendulum. So, oh my gosh. Um, all right, look, well, let's get into it. The first principle that he brings up is look beneath, look beneath the, surface, the surface, right? right, right. So, so let's go there. Yeah, and so that's where the journey begins. If you've been mm-hmm. reading along, I've just kind of set up why this book, the problem, everything. Now we're right. getting into the actual principles of this book. Right? Yeah. We're going to start this process. Okay, well, how do I, you know, okay, I got to disciple my emotions now. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And again, the first principle here, like you said, is looking beneath the surface. And I got to say this. I am convinced that King David prayed some dangerous prayers. Mm. Uh, uh, If you look at, read the Psalm, King David prayed some powerful prayers, some dangerous prayers. And I'm convinced that maybe one of the most difficult and dangerous prayers to pray is the prayer that King David prays in Psalm 139, Mm. uh, 23 through 24. So let's let's look at that. It's kind of at the end of his Psalm. Psalm uh, uh, 139. Mm-hmm. 23 through 24, one of the most, I think, difficult prayers for anyone to pray. Right. Are you ready? Right, yeah. Search me. I mean, right there. Bam. I mean, honestly, who prays that? I mean, we pray, give me. Right, <laughs> right. right. God, yeah. give me. Give me. Uh, bless yeah. me. Right? right, but look at this prayer. This prayer says, search me, O God, mm-hmm. and know my heart. Mm. Try me, right? Mm. Test me. Yeah. And know my thoughts. Mm. And here it is. And see if there be any grievous way in me, any offense right. in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Now, mm. I want us to go to Psalm 51. Okay. Let's just go to Psalm 51 right. really quickly. Because King out. David, you know, if there's anybody that needs some searching, uh, it's King David. <laughs> I Psalm 51. Yeah, me too. Psalm 51, and I just want to read verse 6, something really yeah. powerful. He says, And he's talking to the Lord. He says, behold, ready? Mm -hmm. You delight in truth in the inward being. Mm. And you teach wisdom in the secret heart. Mm. I'll just break that down real quick for for those that are listening. God is desiring, right? God is searching. Mm -hmm. God is testing. God is teaching. God is delighting in truth. Now notice where is he doing all those things? Where is he searching? Where is he teaching? Where does he desire to bring wisdom to? Uh, to, to? He says, He says, my thoughts, my, right. my, my secret heart. I love how he puts secret, right? That mm. Remember we're back in the garage, right? That yeah. hidden place, those, those things that I, that I suppress, that I push down. And so where is he searching? Where is he teaching? Where is he desiring truth? And he's desiring my inner thoughts, my, right. my secret heart, my inward parts, right? Those hidden and stuffed down places, right? And that's where God wants to start, right? That's what God wants to, dare I say it, the word expose, right? Mm. That's where he wants to go. Uh, that's where he wants to apply wisdom. He wants to give us tools to be able to to grow and transform in those deep areas. Again, emotional health. And so um, and so I just think it's so powerful in scripture. David's saying, search me. He says, don't just search with me outwardly, but go right. deep. Go to that secret place. Right, go to right. that hidden compartment, God. Man, those are so hard. These are definitely like skip over verses, right? <laughs> right. These are the ones right. you skip over because right. we like the Bible when it agrees with us, sure and when do. it makes us feel comfortable, right? Uh, and, and but this is a challenge, I think, in many ways. Right. Um, and but and so when we get to these verses, it we do skip over them because it doesn't seem there, there's something that 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 seems. Um, like it's not automatic for us to do these sort of inner searches, yeah, right? right? Totally um, not. Right, right? And, and we know <laughs> that there's a lot of people that are watching this that might be hearing what we're saying about how we need to disciple well and right. we need to, all right. this stuff. And they might be saying amen and yes and God is good, <laughs> right? Say it again, pastor. But but then- <laughs> Hitting their husband on the sofa right, <laughs> right now. Like, that's right. you, that's yeah, you, that's babe. you, that's you, right? <laughs> but, 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 the, but at the same time, with the same amen, they don't mm. actually let God into right. those guards secret places and and why is it you think that this is so difficult can i just say this you know what we're really good at we're really good at and i I believe p says this we're really good at exploring the outer spaces 
mm. <laughs> right? Right. Yes. right? Yes. And, yeah, and, yeah. and the outer spaces are like those surface things, even in other people, right? Like right. I know some people can give great advice. Yeah. They give great counsel and yeah. wisdom to others. But when it, man, you just wish they could turn that advice on them. So every, have you ever had somebody giving you advice? You're like, man, I wish you would bro, take your. Bro, right? you don't know. Okay. I'm about to get up on this yeah. chair <laughs> and run around Jericho March in this place. So, so you know, we're really good at, man is really good at exploring the outer spaces. Right, right, right. But not so good at exploring the inner spaces. And, mm. and here's why. A, a couple of quick reasons why. Number right. one, people think they're self-aware already. Right. right. People think, oh, no, I do this. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's the funny thing is talk to their spouse. Right. Uh, talk to their coworkers. Talk to the people who are close to them. And so you're the only one that thinks you're self-aware and everyone else is like, man, you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's noticeable to everyone. But you. so there's, there's people right now watching. You think, Oh, no, I do this. I'm good. I'm emotionally right. self-aware. And the reality is they're not. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Uh, number two is this. And this is my heart. Some people are really afraid to do this. Right. Yeah. That's like good, they're really yeah. afraid. And maybe they've even tried, but there's trauma in their past. Mm. And so I even want to speak to somebody right now, maybe even going through the book club and right. you're a little nervous about this, right? right? We talk about grieving the loss. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you haven't grieved a father or a mother, like, right. and that's scary. And maybe people know they need to, but they're not ready. Right. And so this is something where you have to begin to pray and ask the Lord, like, I mean, you know, take me through this. And so some people aren't going to these places right. because they know that once they go down there, there's going to be a lot of pain. Right. And so I, I, you know, again, Pete says this and I, I agree is sometimes the pain of searching outweighs the pain of staying the same. Yeah. And somebody doesn't really change until the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of transformation. Yeah. And so, um, so it's just, it, 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 it's really, um, yeah, it, it's really difficult. And finally, I think for most people, maybe for many, they're probably listening saying, okay, kind of getting this and understanding it, but I just don't know how, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, right. I don't know where to begin. And, right. and, and again, that's where it comes to this principle. It all begins with looking beneath the surface. Yeah. Looking beneath the surface. I, before right. I kind of get into what does that mean and we'll kind of wrap it up together, you know, just yeah. want to give you some thoughts. Yeah, and I think what's... How are we doing on time? Are we doing th- okay? Yeah, we have about... Yeah, we're doing okay. Um, <laughs> I want to keep everyone uh, here too I, long. We're, we're going we're gonna to hit some stuff fire here in just a minute, uh, kind of fire rounds. But, <laughs> but I, I do want to say this, which is I think this is why doing this series in book clubs is helpful because yeah. it, it, it allows you not to do it by yourself and so mm. a lot, I think a lot of people just don't know how to do it. Right. And so and so what this is is these are there are groups of people who are saying listen I don't know how or or I'm or right. I'm not sure if I'm ready right. or you know and and you're not alone in that. You're not alone in that. Okay. And here's what so, I really love about book clubs. Yeah. Uh, my wife Jamila mm-hmm. is there. Right? And so if you're a leader in a book club right yeah, now that's a good or if point. you're in a book club right now and maybe this book does bring up some things right. and you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, you can reach out to us. We have my wife, Jamila, who's willing to walk through you, walk with you through this, right. willing to point you to counselors, right. uh, 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 willing to point you to some resources, mm-hmm. some reading to help you. If some, maybe you're like going through this and it really like opens up deep stuff right. and you're afraid. I, I just want to shout out my wife, Jamila. And I specifically want to shout out if that's you. You can send us a message inspiredchurches at gmail.com. You can reach out to any one of us. Uh, um, You can DM us. uh, And we have somebody available for you uh, that will be able to walk you through this just in case something does come up. And so um, we do have that available as well. So I just wanted to make sure we brought that up. All right, so listen, about eight minutes here. We're going to see, oh, we we, see if we can do this. On. But, but uh, we're going to get into sort of the four strategies of what, it, of what it takes to sort of go from being surface to, to looking beneath, right? right? Looking beneath the surface. Right. Uh, so uh, let's get into let's it. Let's go, man. Yeah, eight minutes. Go. Wow. Okay, so number one is this. What are the steps? Like, I want to begin this process. I want to look mm-hmm. beneath the surface. The, the first step that Pete Scazzaro writes about in this process is, he, he calls it develop an awareness, and that's the key word, awareness. Develop an awareness of what I am feeling and doing, mm-hmm. right? So the step number one is to begin to become more aware of your feelings mm-hmm. and more aware of what you are doing. And I think a beautiful example that he gives that I agree, Jesus was the most self-aware person that ever walked the right. planet. Right, right. And, yeah, and he was the most sure. secure, the most self-aware. And, and so why was he? Well, Jesus knew his identity, right? Mm-hmm. He knew who he was. And when you know who you are, you also know who you're not. Right, so Jesus right. knew who he was, so he was everything, but we, Jesus knew his identity, who yeah. he was, 
And then he also knew his mission, mm-hmm. right? What he was called to do. And, and so if you remember when Jesus gets baptized, beautiful picture, uh, John the Baptist kind of dips Jesus down, brings him up, and we see these powerful things happen. The heavens open up, uh, the Holy Spirit descends down in the form of a dove, and then you hear the voice of the Lord, and what does he say? This yeah. is my what? Son. And then he says what this, in who I am what? I am well, well pleased. pleased. And right. the crazy part about that is Jesus' ministry hadn't started. Right. Jesus, and you might have heard this before, before Jesus ever did anything, God was already pleased with him, right? right? And so there was no need to perform to get the love of God. Jesus already flowed from that love. So everything Jesus did was not for the love of God, right. but from the love of God. And so I love this, in Christ, we see true humanity living itself out, right? If God the Father was already pleased with Jesus, guess what? There was no need for him to please anyone else. Right. And so uh, uh, this kind of leads us in the principle too. And so uh, uh, an awareness of how you're feeling and doing, Jesus was the ultimate, uh, he was ultimately aware. And this mm. leads, and so what happens when Jesus is flowing from the, the approval of God, from the pleasure of God? Right. Uh, this is what happens. Number two is uh, uh, Peter, Scazzaro talks about getting rid of the glittering image. Yeah, I love that. Uh, um, think about this phrase, putting on your Sunday's best. And I've seen your Sunday's best, Pastor Roger. Yes. You make me look terrible, right? Come like on. on Easter Sunday. Three-piece and gators. Oh, oh, I see that powder blue suit on <laughs> yes. Easter Sunday. Hey, you think about it. Everyone goes to church. What do we do? We put on our Sunday's best. We we go shopping for an outfit, right? We we put our makeup on. Like some right. of us are even late to church because we're doing our hair, right? right like right, we're right. putting on our Sunday's best. <laughs> and, and guess what? We yeah. don't just do this outwardly on Sundays. But every Sunday we do this inwardly. Yeah, if you if you're one of those people that you're like always late because you're trying to get ready, just just put a little hand in the comments. Yeah, just right? yeah, raise, raise your hand right there. No shame, <laughs> you're gay. But but we don't just do that again every Sunday outwardly. We do this every Sunday inwardly. Mm. And, and, and what, what, what do we get? We get very plastic churches, right. plastic members, plastic leaders, plastic congregations. Nobody is being honest, right? right. Everybody is, is faking it. Everyone's acting like they're okay. Hey, God right. bless. I'm highly favored. You just had a breakdown at your house. Your marriage is crumbling. You're, you're battling emotional, uh, all these things. And you go to church, you put on your best, and you act like you're okay, right? And so right. we get a plastic church, like I said, a plastic congregation Uh, uh, and guess what if you're new to church two things happen you learn to be fake or you leave and say you know what all those people are hypocrites yeah right you either learn to be fake and you and you learn to to play the part uh, or you walk away and, and say you know those are hypocrites either way nobody is transforming and this is a really powerful quote from the book and i want to read this most christians are self-conscious but not self-aware we are more worried about what other people think of us than about wrestling with our feelings and our motives so let me bring this all back to Jesus let me bring this all back to Jesus because Jesus was secure in the Father's love because he was secure in the Father's pleasure, guess what? There was no need for him to be insecure about what other people thought, right? right. There was no need for him to perform, compete. Mm. There was no need for him to be concerned what are other people going to say because right. guess what? Uh, God already said. Yeah. And because he was secure in the Father's love, there was no need to try and gain anybody else's approval. And that's so, so powerful. That is um, awesome. And I'm yeah. just going to keep going because I know yeah, time, yeah, Roger, if you don't mind. No, uh, go ahead, um, go ahead, sir. So that brings us to the another principle. Yeah. Uh, uh, asking now that asking the why or the what is going on question. Okay. Mm. Principle number three, uh, uh, um, underneath looking beneath the surface is asking the why or the what is going on question. I think this is where it's going to get practical. We've been talking about Jesus, but right, we're going right. to bring it. We're going to marry that now for me. What does that look like for us? Yeah. Um, I love this. Shout out to Beto Gonzalez. Beto, what's yes, up, brother? What's up, Beto? Uh, I'll never forget. I was in one of our connects, one of our small groups, and we were sharing about honesty, getting to the root of stuff. And, and he shared uh, with me a, a technique you know, engineer, shout out to all the engineers out there. Andy, I see you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's a technique that he calls the 5Y technique. Yeah, I love that. And so let me explain the 5Y technique. When Bethel told me this, I forever, I had to text him and say, hey, bro, remember the 5Y technique? I'm going to talk about it this week. But let me just kind of tell you what the 5Y technique is. It's a process to help us get to the root mm-hmm. of something, right? To help us get to the motive, right? And so what we do is we ask why. 
Why? Why? Right. So let me give you an example. Uh, uh, this is an example Bethel gave me, right? So you keep showing up for work late. Mm. And so you ask yourself, why? Well, you know, I showed up for work late because my alarm went off late. Well, why? Because, well, last night I didn't, I forgot to set it. Well, why? Well, that's because I was up really late playing video games, right? And so what's right. happening is, is that as you're drilling down mm. and you're asking the why, you're, you're getting below the surface yeah. and you're starting to get to the, to the roots of the reason why it is you are the way that you are and why it is that you do the things that you do. And and, and this is a journey and I'm gonna take a little extra time and if we need to edit out, then we go can ahead, edit out ahead. because this is so important. Um, I just wanna share my story. Yeah. Um, I've learned to do this. I'm not saying I'm great about it, but it's been several years now where I've applied this mm. with God. I, I call it processing with the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, many times when I take my Mondays to go and pray and spend time with the Lord, uh, uh, I am processing with the Lord. And what am I doing? I, I'm, I'm praying the prayer, Holy Spirit, search me. Mm. And as things are coming up, because he's searching me, I begin to ask why, mm. why? Why? So let me give you a good example. For a very long period of my life, and again, my wife will testify, my family will testify, um, I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I am a work in progress. But, me too, um, me too. <laughs> here's what I've realized. I can be very direct with my words. Uh, and you work for me, so you know. You work with me. I shouldn't say for me, that's pretty. But you work, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, you'll be with me, alongside of me, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I yeah. can be very direct with my words. I can be very harsh with my words. I can be um, impatient. And I remember I was asking the Lord, why am I like that? Mm. Like, where did this come from? Because here's the crazy thing about not being self-aware. You're like a trap metal. You hurt everyone else around you. Mm. And, 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 and here's, here's a good test. Here's a good test, a good self-test. Watch how you react and respond to things. What triggers you? Mm. What sets you off? Yeah. Like, and when, or you ever see somebody that, that you just asked them a simple question, but they came hard at you right, and right. you look at their reaction, you say, wow, their reaction was actually bigger than the question that I asked. Yeah. Well, usually that's a sign that's self-awareness issue. Like there's something bothering, there's something deeper going on. And, and so I process with the Holy Spirit in that. And I remember asking him, Lord, search me, O oh Lord. Is there any grievous way? Yeah. You're not, mm. you're not gentle with your wife. You're harsh. You're very rude. Uh, um, you're, you're impatient. And I begin to say this, I don't like that. Mm. And isn't the Lord supposed to be transforming that in my life? Like, why aren't the fruit, why aren't I kind, peace, right. love, joy, long suffering? Why am I the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit? Is the yeah. Lord not here? And I began to just process with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit began to, I began to go through the why. And here's, here's the scary part, but the rewarding part mm. is that if you're willing to process the Holy Spirit, He's gonna take you on a journey. And I don't mean this in a, weird way right what i mean is this is going to be a journey of discovery um that's going to help you understand how you became what you who you are today mm. where your identity is at right where your mission is at and how things that attack that or come alongside it, how defensive you can be and here's the interesting thing is, is that as i followed the path of whys the five why technique why am i like that why am i like that where did it come from it really took me on this journey to a place of forgiveness. I had to learn to mm. forgive people in my life. I was hurt. I was wounded. People were impatient with me. People were rude with me in the past. And, mm. and, and, and I perpetuated that pain. And it became part of my identity. Yeah. And, uh, and so I know I'm going on a, on a tangent here. No, but this is so good. But so it, this is really the process the Holy Spirit is inviting us to take. There are, but there are many Christians that don't go there. Right. They're, they just don't go there. They're just not aware. They don't ask the why. They, yeah. they're, they, they, it's, it's, and, and this is something I'm, I'm saying God is now gently, lovingly inviting you to go there mm. uh, uh, during, during this, this time. Yeah. Um, wow. Let's get to the, you know, and Roger, I've been talking my head off. Thank you for being, sitting there and being a great listener. No, this is important. Um, Let's get to the gospel. Yeah. And let's finish. Okay. Sounds um, good. Sounds the fourth good. principle, linking the gospel to emotional health. Mm. Uh, let's get to the gospel. Um, I love what Pete Scazzaro says. He says this, once we begin to look beneath the surface of our lives, we encounter an abyss of ugliness mm. that can be frightening. 
right? And I think that's why people have ignored doing this, right? right. There are people watching right now that don't even want to go through this journey because they're afraid of what they're going to find. It's frightening. It's ugly. It's an abyss. I don't want to deal with it. My whole life, I've survived by putting it in the garage. Right. Right. That's right. what I've done. Right. Right. And, and, and so, listen. Tr- trying to navigate through this mess, trying to go on this journey now, right? Like, say, okay, like I, I want to go through this abyss, right? Trying to navigate through this mess without the comfort and the courage that only the gospel can give you is impossible. So what am I saying is, if you're watching right now and you're afraid to take this journey, you are frightened. There is an abyss. It is ugly. There are people you'll have to forgive. There is trauma. It's impossible for you to do it unless you have the comfort and the courage that the gospel of Jesus Christ brings. Let, let Let me read you another quote. Listen, the gospel says you are more sinful than you ever dared to believe. Mm. Yet you are more loved and accepted than you ever dared hope because Jesus lived and died in your place. Mm. What does that mean? When we are in Christ, the same pleasure God the Father had over him now belongs to you and I. Mm. This is huge. This is huge. Please pay attention if you want to take this journey. When I know the God of the universe is pleased with me because of what Christ has done, not because of what I, I have done. When I put my faith in Jesus, God is pleased with me. He doesn't see my righteousness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. Right. When I know that the God of the universe is pleased with me, when I know that he has approved me, when I know that he loves me, guess what? I no longer have to hide my broken parts. I no longer have to hide my shameful past. I no longer have to hide my insecurities. I no longer have to lie about how right. truly sinful I am. I, I no longer have to lie about my brokenness and, and my weakness. I, guess what? I don't need to prove myself to anyone or, or bury my true self to gain acceptance. I know there are some people out there, they, they lie. They don't tell the truth. They're afraid to show people they really are. Why? Right. Because guess what? They're afraid they're going to be abandoned. They're afraid they're going to be rejected in their past. Maybe a parent abandoned them, mm. rejected them. They're afraid because I've been abandoned, I've been rejected. I'm not going to show people who really am. I know people that right. covet their relationship with me. They, they love me. They love my wife, but they won't be honest with me. You want to know why? Because they're afraid they're going to lose position with me. Right. They're afraid that if I know that they did something wrong, I'm going to kick them out of my friendship circle. Right. But here's the thing. When you know that you've been fully accepted by the Father in Christ Jesus, when you know that you're loved, when you know that God said to Jesus, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, mm-hmm. and you know that you put your faith in Jesus, now God looks at you and says, this is my daughter right. in whom I am well pleased. When you're flowing from the pleasure of God, through Christ, what he's done. Guess what? There's no fear of abandonment. I mean, there is, but you can. You know that you are ultimately loved. You're not abandoned. You are not, um, you can be free to admit your failures. Right. You can be free to talk about your struggles. Yeah. You could be free to be honest and open. You can be free to be an authentic believer, follower of Christ, not having to wear a mask to perform, to compete. uh, 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 Why? Because if I'm loved and accepted by God, the love and acceptance of man, uh, it's a great thing, but it's not something that I need. It's not something that I need. And so I can go on this journey. And the next few weeks, we can go on this journey. Why? I'm afraid to, Pastor Phil. Pastor Roger, I don't know. I'm frightened what I'm going to find. I don't want to talk about it. And I get it. And you got to be ready for it. And, and so I don't want to force anyone to go on it. You could just be a fly on the wall and just mm. kind of listen. Um, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Right? Why can God take so much pleasure in a sinner like me? That's the question. Mm. Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us Mm. so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here's how God can take pleasure in a sinner because by faith in Christ, he doesn't see you. He sees his son. And so therefore the pleasure Jesus had from the father, you have the love and acceptance Jesus had from the father, you have. So who do I need to perform for? Mm. 
Who do I need to be afraid of? Who's going to abandon me and reject me when the God of the universe has fully accepted me? And guess what? He knows all my ugly parts. Right. Man, wouldn't it be great if Christians look beneath the surface, if they were honest, if we had churches in small groups? Right. Wouldn't it be great if we were actually honest? Yeah. And we weren't afraid to put on church clothes and our Sunday's best, but we were able to go in and real transformation happen. This was a long way to say, this is the journey we're going on. And I hope everyone can take that with us. Wow. Wow. Powerful stuff. And uh, we're going to pray out right now. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you know, we, we, we want Inspire Church to be a safe place yeah. where people don't have to be brave to share their testimonies or their struggles. Come on. Yeah. It, but it, it is a place where they know that uh, that they can process that they can that they can reveal that they can share um, and, uh, and and it's a it, and inspire church and, and and hope and you know I hope other churches as well can can cultivate that kind of gospel centric culture that that yeah. we're talking about today. So thank you, Pastor Roger. Love yeah. you, bro. Uh, why don't you pray us out, sir? Yeah, yeah, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am fully loved and accepted in Christ, Jesus. Thank you for that beautiful gift. Your death. You took on my sin, my failure, my shame, my pain. You put it upon yourself. You took on the wrath that I deserve. And then you gave me your perfection. You gave me your righteousness. You clothed me in your righteousness. So when God looks down, he sees you and there's pleasure in that. And I flow from that. And forgive me because I forget that often. And so I, I preach the gospel to myself for so many reasons, for salvation, but even for this reason, Lord, that I would receive comfort and courage mm. as I take this journey to go to those places and spaces that have been hidden for a very long time and to finally mature, not just spiritually, but emotionally, to be my authentic self and to live a life worthy of your son. And so God, we worship you. We magnify you. We thank you because you have encouraged us to do so by your sacrifice to your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirechurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.